Welcome to another episode of Do Loss. My name is Levi Bimba, and on today's show, we're going to discuss unqualified leaders, especially within the church. So if I were to tell you that only 37% of doctors were actually qualified to doctor, that would be a little concerning, I hope. <laughs> and what if I were to tell you that only 37% of police officers actually were trained properly in handling criminals? I think also that would be a cause for alarm within American society and within, uh, within our state. Um, but a new study has been released by the Cultural Research Center at Arizona Christian University, which says that only 37% of pastors actually have a biblical worldview. Now, I have no idea how you could be a pastor or desire to be a pastor and not care about thinking biblically and, and operating your church on a biblical basis because the Bible is God's authority. The Bible is how we live, how we think, how we interpret the world, how we look at the world, because God's view matters more than our view. Our view is what got us into this sinful mess that we're in today. And so to be a leader of men and women and to be really a shepherd, a guardian of the souls of men and women and not have a foundation that is biblical, that is uh, that is a that, that has a, uh, a biblical mindset, uh, really is a dangerous place to be in as a pastor. And uh, so I want to read through the article that came out and 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 try to discuss and, and bring up important topics regarding this issue, because I think this is probably the reason why so many uh, Christians are, are really not Christians at all, because they've been told by somebody who had the air of authority that they are Christians based on a prayer they prayed or based on a certain set of beliefs that they have that really turned out to be not biblical at all. And so uh, we'll read it. Let me read this article in the Christian Post. And the the head of the article is titled, Study Finds 37% of Pastors Have Biblical Worldview, Spiritual Awakening Needed in Our Pulpits. It starts off by saying, A new study from the Cultural Research Center at Arizona Christian University has found that just 37% of Christian pastors in the United States have a biblical worldview, demonstrating that spiritual awakening is needed just as de desperately in our pulpits as in the pews, according to the pollster and uh, and obviously that's true we talk about so much how there's a lot of christians going to church and and don't really believe in christ and really just going there for social engagement or going there to check a box or just going there to hang out with friends or because there's good food or good music and really the reason why they go into these places is because the leaders of these places are telling them that this is this is church you know come to church hang out with friends, eat a good meal, listen to a little sermon, and then you can go home and feel good about yourself the rest of the week because you checked that box that you went to church and that you're, and that you're okay. And then we're struggling to find out why children don't have a biblical worldview when they're going to church every week, but they're really not going to church. They're just going to a social club, a social gathering. So the, the article continues and it says that the nationwide study of about 1,000 Christian pastors found that just slightly more than a third, 37% of the U.S. pastors hold a biblical worldview. And this is where it really, it really gets really uh, dangerous. Uh, it says that the majority, 62%, possess a hybrid worldview known as syncretism. And so that's where they're just taking different beliefs from different systems and just trying to fuse it together within their, within their church and call that um, pastoring, call that shepherding, which is completely antithetical to what the Bible teaches. But the article continues and it says that the, stu the study released Thursday showed that 41% of senior pastors, as compared to 28% of associate pastors, have a biblical worldview. Now, d d depending on who's hiring these pastors, I don't, know how, I don't know how you can have senior pastors that are out of set with the associate pastors and vice versa. Uh, but again, if you don't have a truly biblical worldview, this is what takes place uh, within the church. 
Further, only 13% of teaching pastors and 12% of children's and youth pastors have a biblical worldview, which is probably even more uh, devastating to think about because now you have people who are who the vast majority of them that are teaching children and youth today within churches don't even have a biblical worldview. So the next generation of Christians, so or so-called Christians coming up in the faith, have no idea what to believe, why they believe it, and can't really articulate it. And really when they're challenged, or when life gets tough, then they just abandon the faith and go on living like the world, which is what they really were because they were never taught true biblical doctrine as children growing up within the so-called church. The lowest level of biblical worldview was among executive pastors, with only 4% of them holding consistently biblical beliefs and behaviors. Now, executive pastor, I really have no idea what that means. Uh, when, when you hear executive, that's more of a secular title, you know, a CEO or a COO or uh, something to that effect. But so when it, when it says that only 4% of, exe of, of executive pastors have a biblical belief, it kind of makes sense because executive pastor is really not a title that comes from the Bible at all. Uh, article continues and it says the research included 54 worldview related questions and it found that only 47% of the pastors have a biblical worldview regarding family and the value of life. So that's regarding a mother and a father married, raising children in the home together, and obviously abortion. So only 47% of the pastors have a biblical worldview regarding those issues. 44% concerning issues related to God, creation, and history, which again, if you're not if you, if you don't have a biblical worldview, how in the world are you going to tell people about God? How are you going to tell them where they came from? How are you going to tell them about how history operates, how God is in charge of history, how God ordains all things for his own glory? 43% in relation to personal faith practices. 43% when it comes to matters of sin, salvation, and one's relationship with God, which is probably the most important thing. How, how are you saved? Why, why do you need salvation? Why, what is sin? You know, what is the definition of sin? Why is Jesus important? How do you relate to God? How do you come to God on God's terms so that God will actually accept you, not based on your prayer, not based on how, you, how you're living? 40% pertaining to human character and human nature, and 40% when it comes to measures of lifestyle, personal behavior, and relationships. Again, if the church is supposed to be the pillar and ground of the truth, as the Bible says, this is, what, this is why the society, is in, the society is in chaos as it is today. We have less than half of the pastors in the pulpits today that are preaching that are really supposed to be the, the representatives of Jesus Christ and his church and telling people how to, believe, how to behave, how to think, how to operate. When you are not having that kind of effect on your people, then this is what takes place. The study, however, noted that not having a biblical worldview doesn't mean adherence to a competing worldview, such as secular humanism or Marxism. In fact, less than 1% of pastors embody a worldview other than biblical theism, i.e. the biblical worldview, researchers said. Instead, the prevailing worldview is best described as syncretism, the blending of ideas and applications from a, vari from a variety of holistic worldviews into a unique but inconsistent combination that represents their personal preferences. More than 6 out of 10 pastors have a predominantly syn syncretistic worldview, which again, is just an unbiblical worldview. There's no way you can fuse any other uh, worldview system into Christianity because Christianity, Christ, the Christian worldview is based on God's worldview and God's worldview is already perfect and inerrant and infallible and we don't need any other worldview to give us an understanding of the world that we have today. But when you have pastors, people that are in positions of leadership, uh, teaching people, counseling people based on a syncretistic way of living and, and breathing and, and, uh, and, and really just having a, a confused uh, pulpit 
then you're not going to have people that are really literate in the things of God. They're not going to you're not, you're not going to have people that who actually even care about what the Bible says or even start to doubt what the Bible says because they're not being taught that the Bible is the authority. They're not being taught that the Bible uh, is God's way of revealing himself about uh, creation, about man, about why we even are here on the earth, about why Jesus came into the world. And so when you have pastors, people who should know better and people who should be in positions uh, of authority, rightfully so, to, to come to God's people with God's truth, uh, really taking people off the path of, of what is right and good, then you have the society that we, that we have today. You have the churches that we have today based on that. And the Bible actually is pretty clear regarding what pastors ought to do. When Paul wrote to Timothy regarding his pastoral ministry, uh, charging Timothy with what he ought to do, uh, this, this is what Paul wrote in, First Timothy, in Second Timothy 4, 1 through 2. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be instant in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, rebuke exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. So Paul, at the end of his life, when he was telling Timothy, this is how you, this is what you're supposed to do as a pastor, as the pastor who's taken over the church that I've placed you in. Paul telling Timothy that before God and Jesus Christ. So uh, we have to keep that in mind that pastors will have to give an accounting before God, before Jesus Christ, because Jesus is the the uh, the, the groom of the church, the, the husband of the church. He died for his sheep, which is the church, and he wants to, and he left people in charge of his bride to to care for them, to to uh, teach them, to guide them, to counsel them according to what is right, to even rebuke and reprove them when they're going against what uh, Christ has described in his word. And so when you have people who are not willing to even or really don't care about their end goal, about their, their day of judgment before God, then you're going to have the, the state that we have here today. And so when Paul was telling Timothy that you will be judged before God and before the Lord Jesus Christ, this is why the only mandate or at least a primary mandate for the pastor is to preach the word, preach the Bible, uh, teach the people the word of God, T tell people what they need to hear, what they need to listen to, what they need to think, how they need to behave. All of that is in the word of God. And as a pastor, that's 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 the pastor's responsibility. Uh, Steve Lawson, who is a uh, uh, really a worldwide, world-renowned uh, expository preacher. He has a good quote concerning this. He's regarding the preaching of the word. He says, if it's not expository, it's not Christian because expository preaching is simply biblical preaching. And if you're not preaching the Bible, what on earth are you doing? And I think that's exactly accurate. If you're not preaching the Bible, what are you doing? You're just, you're harming people. And probably it's, it's probably good that some of these pastors are starting to think about leaving the ministry. There's, there was another study, another paper that came out that said that about half of pastors are actually thinking about getting out of the ministry because of loneliness, because of uh, different issues that they're going through in their lives. And maybe that's a good thing that some of these pastors do need to leave the ministry because they're not qualified to lead God's people. And again, this is, goes back, this is not just a, some other job that you take up. Being a pastor, you're actually the guardian of souls of men. You will have a major impact on whether somebody goes to heaven or goes to hell for eternity. And so being a pastor is not something that should be taken lightly. It's probably the most important job uh, on the face of the planet right now because you're actually dealing with the souls of men and women who will have to stand before God and give an accounting for their lives. And they will either end up in hell or end up in heaven. And that's, again, that's probably, the, that should be the most weighty thing that's on the mind of pastors. Uh, Paul also wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy 3, verses 1 through 7, regarding the qualifications of a pastor. So the Bible even tells us how we ought to measure the pastors that we have. And so if you are in a local church, 
as a Christian, you should be wanting, you should be measuring your pastor against these stipulations that God has laid down in 1 Timothy 3, where he says, This is a true saying. If a man desire the office of bishop, he desireth a good work. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teaching, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for filthy lucre, but patient, not a brawler, not covetous, one who ruleth well his own house, having his children in subjection with all dignity. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? He must not be a novice in the faith, lest being lifted up with pride he fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must have a good reputation with those who are outsiders, lest he fall into reproach in the snare of the devil. And again, this pastorate is limited to just men. That's why Paul talks about a man being desiring the office, a man being the husband of one wife, a man not knowing how to rule his own house. If he doesn't know how to rule his own house, he can't be in leadership in the church. So pastoring is limited to men. So if a woman is, is calling herself a pastor, she's automatically disqualified from that according to God's standard. But that does not mean that any man is qualified. There's only a, a few men who are actually qualified to lead God's people regarding uh, teaching them the truth of God. And that is given to us right here in this list. Um, does he have the desire? If he, has, if he has the desire, that's good. But just because you have the desire, that doesn't mean you should be a pastor. Uh, there's all these other stipulations. You have to be blameless. You have to be the husband of one wife. You have to be really sexually pure in that environment. You have to be vigilant, sober. You can't have somebody who is joking around and, and really there for the money or just there to make you laugh or make you feel good about yourself. This is somebody who needs to be serious, who needs to be understanding that this is an important task that, that the Lord has given me and that I will have to give an accounting for. Uh, is he hospitable? Can he teach well? Does he actually believe the Bible? Does, can he explain the Bible to you in a way you understand it and, and, really, and that is in accordance with the, uh, the rest of Scripture? Uh, is he, does he, is he keep sober? Does he not, is he not given to wine? Is he not a, a fighter, somebody who is always wanting to fight and, and physically get in altercations with people and things like that? Uh, is he um, content, really? Does he, is he one who is not coveting other people's things? Oh, man, I wish I had that car. I wish I had this much money. I wish I had that kind of house. Or is he content with just what the Lord has given him? So all of these stipulations and more are given to, to tell us what kind of pastor we should have within our churches. So it's not that God hasn't given us his revelation regarding what we need to think and how we need to uh, uh, assess the pastors that God has given us. We, he's given it to us clearly in his word, and that's why the word isn't so important. That's why it's so important to have a biblical worldview. Because when you have a biblical worldview, you can have a biblical understanding of what kind of pastor you ought to have. That way, that way you won't be given a pastor who doesn't know what he's doing or he's trying to mesh all these different worldviews into one and creating a completely unchristian worldview. And this is why God completely uh, is going to judge pastors who are not doing their duties. In Jeremiah 23, uh, uh, God is angry with the pastors, with the shepherds of Israel who, are, who have not been uh, doing their work of shepherding the flock, of giving a sound doctrine to their people, of not rebuking them, of not counseling them in regards to what is true. And so he, it's really a scathing rebuke against the pastors of, of that day in Jeremiah 23, verses 1 through 17 that I'll read here. It says, Woe be unto the pastors that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, saith the Lord. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God of Israel against the pastors that feed my people. Ye have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not visited them. Behold, I will visit upon you the evil of your doing, saith the Lord. 
and I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all countries whither I have driven them and will bring them again to their folds and they shall be fruitful and increase. I think that's comforting to think that even though there's a lot of pastors out there that are just completely scattering the flock, devastating them, uh, really using them and abusing them, that God knows his sheep and he will bring them in to the last. He will bring them into the end. He will um, He will make sure that they make their way into heaven. He will make sure that they will not, They will never be lost. As Jesus says that uh, nobody can pluck his sheep out of his hand. So I think that's comforting. Even though there's a lot of corrupt pastors, only 37% of pastors have a biblical worldview. We do know that 100% of God's sheep will meet with God in heaven in eternal bliss with Christ because God will not lose his sheep. And I think that's comforting that we remember, even though God is angry with the pastors, that he still will keep his sheep and keep his keep his sheep safe from the abuse of, of, of men who are not qualified to be in leadership. And so it continues in verse four, he says, and I will set up shepherds over them who shall feed them and they shall fear no more, no, nor be dismayed. Neither shall they be lacking, saith the Lord. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch and a king shall reign and prosper and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. Talking about the Lord Jesus Christ, the perfect king, the one who will never allow his sheep to go astray and never allow his sheep really to be lost uh, as he has promised in his word. It continues in verse 6, and God says, In his days Judah shall be saved, and Israel shall dwell safely, and this is his name, whereby he shall be called the Lord our righteousness. And that's what pastors need to be telling their people. They need to be pointing their people to Christ. Christ is our righteousness. Christ is our peace. Christ is our wisdom. Christ is our everything. If you have Jesus, you have everything. If you don't have Jesus and you have everything else, you have nothing. And that's what pastors need to be relaying to their people. Verse 7, it says, Therefore, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that they shall no more say, the Lord, the Lord liveth who brought up the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. But the Lord liveth who brought up and who led the seed of the house of Israel out of the north country and from all countries whither I had driven them, and they shall dwell in their own land. My heart within me is broken because of the prophets. All my bones shake. I am like a drunken man and like a man whom wine hath overcome because of the Lord. And because of the words of his holiness, this is Jeremiah speaking about how he is broken. He's just cast down because of what the Lord has said he will do and against the pastors of his day, against the prophets of his day. And he's broken because of the prophets that, have, that were corrupt. And really today, prophets were somebody who spoke for God, somebody who uh, got God's revelation and revealed it to the people of his day. And that's who pastors are. They have the word of God. They have the authority to relate God's truth to God's people, to preach it, to teach it, to counsel with it. And uh, so they essentially are, pro are prophets, you know, modern day prophets today, just not speaking with, uh, with divine revelation, with new revelation coming outside of scripture. So they're using this, the revealed scripture that God has given, and they are using that word or should be using that word to preach, to teach, to counsel, to encourage, to rebuke, to convict, because that is the, uh, that is the ministry that God has given to pastors using the word of God. It continues in verse 10, and the Lord, uh, Jeremiah says, For the land is full of adulterers, for because of cursing the land mourneth. The pleasant places of the wilderness are dried up, and their course is evil, and their force is not right. For both prophet and priest are profane. Yea, in my house have I found their wickedness, saith the Lord. And you've heard the stories of churches that are allowing all kinds of gimmicks within the church, even so far as that I think there is a church that even had a stripper pole brought into the pulpit. Some pastors even coming in on motorcycles. Some pastors uh, having all kinds of weird gimmicks uh, coming out to try to attract people to come to the church instead of attracting people to Christ through the preaching of the word of God. 
And so verse 12, Jeremiah says, Therefore their way will, shall be unto them as slippery ways in the darkness. They shall be driven on and fall therein. For I will bring evil upon them, even the year of their visitation, saith the Lord. And I have seen the folly, and I have seen folly in the prophets of Samaria. They prophesied in Baal and caused my people to uh, my people Israel to err. Th this is where syncretism is brought in, like we're seeing today, where people are trying to bring in all these different competing worldviews and trying to mesh them into one. When there's only one right worldview, there's only one way of looking at the world, and that's God's way of looking at the world. And God's way is already true and right and sufficient. We don't need any other method of thinking, any uh, any other way, any other way of seeing the world to help us to understand it rightly. Because God's view is is obviously perfect. He knows it all. He he ordained it all. And what we have today revealed to us in the Word of God is all that we need to know regarding the present day that we're living in. And continues in verse 14 where uh, Jeremiah says, I have seen also in the prophets of Jerusalem a horrible thing. So these are the leaders of his day. They commit adultery and walk in lies. And we see that today. We see pastors falling into adultery, falling into sin, and really speaking lies, walking in lies, walking in false worldviews as syncretism is. They strengthen also the hands of evildoers that none doth return from his wickedness. They are all of them unto me as Sodom and, and the inhabitants thereof as Gomorrah. As wicked and as, as Sodom and Gomorrah were, as perverse and as, and as evil as it was, God is saying here that he's looking at prophets that are evil, just as evil and just as wicked as Sodom and Gomorrah because they are committing adultery, they are walking in lies, they are even strengthening the hands of evildoers and not telling them to repent of their sin, to turn from their unrighteous ways, to, to flee from the wrath that is to come. They're just strengthening them, saying, it's okay, don't worry. You know what you're doing? We may not agree with it wholeheartedly, but don't worry about it. God, God still loves you anyway. God still has a place for you in heaven. You'll still be justified by just dying and going to heaven. God won't send you to hell. There is no hell, actually. Just, just continue living your life and don't worry about the things that you're doing. This is what pastors are telling people today. This is what is doing people, and this is why God is angry with pastors who are just completely corrupting his, his word. And so and uh, it continues in verse 15. Therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts concerning the prophets, behold, I will feed them with wormwood and make them drink the water of gall. For from the prophet of Jerusalem is profane is gone forth into all the land. And this is what corrupts a country where pastors are not preaching the word and it goes out into the entire the, the entire land. We're not telling husbands to stay with their wives. We're not telling wives to submit to their husbands. We're not telling husbands to love their wives. We're not telling telling children to submit to their parents or not uh, telling people that, that you cannot just sleep with that with whoever you want to sleep with fornication leads to death adultery leads to death pornography leads to death all we're not telling them that if you die in your sin you will end up in eternal conscious torment in a lake of fire that you will never be able to uh, be free from we're not telling people that if they don't uh, embrace the lord jesus christ as savior and lord of their life and they don't if they don't walk in obedience to him that they will end up doomed in the end that jesus will look at them and say i never knew you depart from me you work of iniquity we're not telling people this and because of that the land is full of wickedness it's full of evil it's full of corruption especially even within the church verse 16 it says thus saith the lord of hosts hearken not unto the words of the prophets that prophesy unto you they make you vain they speak a vision of their own heart and not out of the mouth of the lord and this is now God is turning to the people. He's pleading with them, telling them, don't listen to people that are not telling you the words of the Lord. If there's a pastor telling you something outside of Scripture or antagonistic to Scripture, don't listen to him. Run away from him. He, does, he has nothing to offer you. He's vain. Verse 17, it says that they, they say still unto them that despise me, the Lord hath said, ye shall have peace. 
And they say, unto everyone that walketh after the imagination of his own heart, no evil shall come upon you. This is exactly what pastors are doing. You know, people are doing whatever they want to do. They're embracing trans transgenderism. They're embracing homosexuality. They're embracing uh, all, their, all these other perverse forms of love and of identity. And we're just telling them, God loves you. Don't worry. Um, God just wants you to be happy and healthy, and you'll have peace in your life. So if you want to go get that surgery, that, that top surgery, you want to go uh, castrate yourself, you, if you want to embrace this homosexual union if you want to go kill that baby in your room don't worry you'll have peace god loves you don't worry about it god god's not concerned with how you're living god just loves you for who you are these are lies from the devil these this is why people are dying and going to hell because they're not being told the truth based on the word of god especially from the people who should who should know better should know better which are the pastors and finally uh if, it, um in verse um first timothy four sixteen. Uh, this is what pastors really need to think of when they get into leadership or anybody, any man who wants to be in leadership. You really should be thinking about what uh, Paul tells Timothy here in 1 Timothy 4, 16. Uh, Paul writes, take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and those who hear thee. So just think about that for a second. Paul is telling Timothy that you need to take heed to your own self, your own lifestyle and the doctrine that you are preaching. Because if you continue in this stuff, in, the, in this doctrine, you will save yourself and those that hear you. So just think about the opposite of that. As a pastor, if you are not continuing in what is right and what is sound and what is good, if you're not taking heed to your own personal holiness, if you don't continue in these things in, in sound doctrine and sound living and sound thinking, you will both damn yourself and damn those that hear you. That's, that's the reality of it. So as a pastor, and as even if you're not a pastor, and you're looking at your pastor, and you're assessing if he is a, 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 a qualified pastor, look to 1 Timothy 3, look to 2 Timothy 4, and, and, and even other passages. Look to Jeremiah 23, and look, look at the negatives and, and compare what the positive would be. Pastors who feed the flock, pastors who are willing to sacrifice themselves for the sake of their flock, pastors who are willing to counsel on the word of God. And so if pastors are not, if a pastor doesn't have a biblical worldview, you need to leave that church. If, that, if a pastor is not preaching and teaching the word of God, if he's not counseling the word of God, if he's not living according with the qualifications given in 1 Timothy 3, then you need to be looking for another church because your soul matters that much. And God put that much emphasis on it because he wants you to have life. He wants you to be able to grow in holiness, grow in righteousness. And if you don't have a leader who is going to point you to scripture, and point you to the word of God and point you to Christ and you need to leave that church for your own sake and for the sake of your own family as well especially if you are the head of your family as a, as a husband and father and so this is why a, a Christian a biblical worldview is so important especially within the realm of leadership because they have they have an influence on us uh, even if, no even if they're a bad teacher if they're a false teacher false teachers have great influence over people because they tell people what they want to hear and people feel good when they're listening to them. And so a lot of people follow false teachers and follow them right into hell, which is the sad reality of it. But the good news is that there are good pastors out there. There are pastors who are being faithful to the truth, faithful to what is right, faithful to the scriptures that, uh, that have been given to us by God. And so they are out there. And so we can, be, we can be thankful that at least there's a third out there that are actually doing the work of God, faithfully having a biblical worldview, faithfully communicating that worldview to their people. And so uh, we, we can thank God for that and thank God that God is being faithful to keep his sheep uh, and really rescue his sheep out of false teaching. And I think Justin Peters talks about how if you are truly saved, if you are truly born again, if you are a true follower of Christ, then you will not stay in a false teaching.
in a false teacher's church. You won't stay in, a, in an unqualified pastor's church for much longer. You will leave and find a sound biblical pastor who, lo- who loves the word of God, who loves Christ, who loves his family, loves the flock that God has given him and, and is willing to serve them uh, with holiness, with, uh, with zeal, and with love. And so I uh, just wanted to encourage you, encourage you with that today. And I thank you for listening today on, on Dulos. And I hope I'll see you on the next episode.